This episode of Good Sheilas is proudly brought to you by a brilliant lady startup, Radiant Soul Yoga. Founded and run by our wonderful Sheila, Danny, Radiant Soul has a dedicated online platform for yoga practice that is authentic, warm, and balanced. There's room to laugh, release our ISO rage, and show up in being totally safe and ragged trackies rather than Lululemon. Mm-hmm. Online yoga means your body can make all the noises it's capable of. Good. So if ISOs left you with a limp personality like Claire's and a weathered <laughs> body like Bronze, get stuck into their online courses. If you're a beginner, expecting a baby, an experienced yogi, or want to introduce yoga to the kids, Radial Soul has a course for you. Yes, someone can teach our kids. <laughs> Finally. Good Sheila's listeners get a massive 20% off by entering Good Sheila's at checkout for all of September. Ooh. Check out our Instagram for all the details. Fun fact about Claire. When Claire was a teenager, she felt like her experience as a saleswoman at Michelle's Patisserie deemed her totally capable of being a waitress. <laughs> she applied for a job at a French restaurant that stupidly gave her a trial shift. <laughs> I just imagine it. On this trial shift, she was asked promptly to stop taking orders and then soon after that to please stop serving the food and then, oh God, stop serving the water. And then after pouring a whole glass of wine on a poor lady, they just asked her to leave. Oh my God. It was, in my defense, it was a really confusing advertisement because it said a la carte and I thought that meant outside. <laughs> I was like, I can work outside. Why is everyone sitting indoors? How's it different to inside? I'm going to pour wine on everyone until they realize they have to leave. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hello, mate. Hello, how you going? I am uh, here. <laughs> yes, I am not, but I am also still here. I know, we are here in Melbourne. The Melbourne, the lockdown is still happening. We are feeling a little bit exasperated by it, but it um, we will just have to cope. We just have to do this. It's like a horse that no one wanted to ride, <laughs> and we're still on the horse. Why would anyone get on it then? <laughs> You're you can't get off. <laughs> no, everyone should give me a podcast. <laughs> Never gone to you. No. And Sheila's, we trust we have left you exactly, or we found you exactly where we left you, and we've left you when we found you, and we found ourselves <laughs> and no, each other. Because we are, we have, we have definitely been locked in our houses a million billion years, but we are edging towards some form of lesser lockdown. But we don't know exactly what that is. And we have no idea if we're actually ready for whatever is coming. Yeah. The, it has been, it's been really mixed messages. The, everyone seems to be quite confused about everything. So um, that's, that's good. I just have to share. So, 
something which is very excellent out of the scripting, which Bron has given me some very helpful scripting directions. It says, blah, 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 I'm clear. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And that's blah. all I want you to say. I'll do the rest. So I finished the podcast. Is <laughs> all I'm suggesting, back to it, Claire, come on, stick with me. All I'm suggesting is that we erase 2020 and start 2021 early because surely that means that when 2021 starts, COVID ends. I feel like that's science. I think that that's science and I think that that's a fact. How magical would it be if we just have like wild New Year's Eve party where no one can go very close to each other and everyone's wearing masks and in the morning it's finished. It's done. We did this. Right yes. off here, 2021, wild parties, touching strangers' faces. And then all that's left is that one horse that no one wanted to ride. <laughs> I'm still on it. Yay! That's great. I'm 2020. I'm Claire, blah, blah, blah. So first, as promised, we're going to talk about something in the news. And this is something that's popped up in the news for months, maybe over a year. Uh, and... It has caught our attention and we're annoyed that it did. Let's see if you can guess why, Sheila. So let's just pull out some cool quotes that the media is chucking at us. Revan Wilson's celeb Revan, pals. stop. Revan, <laughs> stop now. That is not... <laughs> Revan. Revan Wilson. Oh my God. She'll start again. Revan yeah. Wilson's celeb pals praise her gorgeous new photo shoot. Rebel celebrity friends are stunned with the star's transformation, filling her comments section with love and adoration. And so you've probably gathered that it is about Ribbon Williams. <laughs> <laughs> the Australian act actress is hugely successful in Hollywood. Yes, I remember her in Patch Adams. <laughs> She always plays roles in comedies, starting from her role as Tula in Fat Pizza and the more internationally famous Bridesmaids and the Hustles. These roles, she was embraced by her unapologetic display of her plus-size figure and it seemed her body was one of the things that set her apart from the rest. But now she's losing weight and the headlines are telling us and her that her fuller figure was actually never really welcome and we all patronisingly applaud her for shedding the kilos. Oh, good for you, Ribbon. About time. <laughs> God. And what does that do for the rest of us, mate? Because what's, what's this, what message is this sending Rebel to start? with well Reben <laughs> well it's just it's just that validation that women get and we, we talked about this in a different parameter in the podcast about you know the success of separation being a shrinking woman mm. and you don't you don't need a crisis to to validate it I mean you think about all of the people in the last year who've been celebrated for weight loss right mm. like Adele is a really recent yeah yeah so she it's just it's everywhere and it's we're talking about like how she did it and her diet and how she can finally wear skimpy dresses and it's just it, it completely invalidates everything she has ever done and everyone she has ever been by saying this is the only version that we like and finally we're here so we can actually talk about you in a way that's meaningful yeah and oh about time girl oh she's figured it out oh congratulations it's so patronizing it is and the rebel wilson i i, I she's still a plus-sized uh, woman, she's—I wouldn't know what size she is, but she, she's not like flaunting a size six figure. But all of her, all her pictures are like, super sultry and super sexy. Yeah, and it, it feels—it feels really strange that we have. We loved her so much for being, you know, this plus-size person. And the fact that she was in comedies and always kind of a little bit ridiculous 
um, makes us think that were we were we laughing because she was funny or were we laughing because she was a big woman? Oh, definitely the latter. And also she wasn't allowed to be anything but the butt of the joke, right? Yeah. Like she couldn't, like I think I saw one film with her where she was kind of the central love interest and the whole premise of that film was that it was ridiculous that she was. And we only let women who aren't kind of archetypal in the way that they present themselves to be the joke. Mm. right and then now that she's losing weight now that Adele's lost weight we're like oh now you can be a superstar now you have a kind of a a face and a body that matches our expectations of you oh and and in comedy as well especially it's like Magda Sabansky so Mm. when she so she's been in telly forever Australia has embraced her entirely everyone loves everyone loves Magda Sabansky and if they don't they're dead. And so it, it, and all of her, like, she's an incredible comedic actress and a lot of her comedy is her poking fun of the way that she looks. Yeah. Like she's, she's not, she doesn't seem to be, when she's playing these characters, she's not seem to be hiding or pretending. It is something that Australia loves and something that she loves and it is like, it was kind of like, it was accepted for some, for her to be taking up space. Yeah, yeah. And but because, only because she was taking the piss, exactly, right? Exactly. And she wouldn't like. And I think about Catherine Kim, like, and in, in the show, you know, obviously her character was magical. But another kind of consistent running joke on that was that Kim was fat and tried to wear clothes that she shouldn't yeah. have, right? Like, remember she'd wear like skinny jeans and like G strings and like belly chains, mm. and the, the, it was funny because she wasn't tiny. Yeah, and there was so many camera shots of zooming in on her gut yeah. over, over muffin top. And I think I think we have come a little bit farther than that now. I think I think that we've kind of hopefully I, I don't know, oh no, that's not true. We haven't have we mate. No. It's just it's just it's just less overt. No. And you can't well you can't win. I've been following this person on social media, I can't remember her name, but she's a uh, she's wears a lot of bikinis and she'd maybe be a size fourteen and she's always um, doing bikini shots and then people will comment underneath like she will write her like her caption will be like love your body I used to hate my body I love it so much now and it's all these really powerful messages but then she can't win because underneath that like I look at the comments and someone will say please stop please stop speaking fast plus size women mm. you are skinny leave mm. us alone mm. and so it's, you can't so she's going to get hate whether she's I don't know what size she's supposed to be for people to be like, okay, fine, you're allowed to be there. That's so that's such an interesting point. Just that idea that you can't you can't validate anything at the risk of invalidating someone else. And I get like I think about the kind of posts that are on Instagram a lot at the moment, which is really beautiful posts that I enjoy, like women with their tummy out, mm-hmm. right? And it's just a normal squidgy, lovely tummy particularly after you've had kids it's got stretch marks and all sorts of you know features that are just part of getting older and doing things that bodies do but then there's that element of it that it's shot in a really lovely way or you Mm. know they're still they've got beautiful hair or they're like there's something there's a hook in there which Mm. is kind of this is this is satisfying a traditional beauty standard like there's no photos of, you know, me just like crying in the bathroom, like eating pizza on the cold floor, naked, looking like a piece of shit. Why not? No exactly. <laughs> Why not? I'll do it now. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, it's like one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at my, look at my kind of slightly like chubby tummy. The rest of me is beautiful, though. Yeah, look at my hair. Look at yeah. this Even look at my pizza. <laughs> look at my horse. <laughs> Am I right, Rebin? Am I right? <laughs> but, like, 
like what's I what's this is one of those really complex things where you know what is the answer and the answer has to be a systemic one where we you know demand and see different types of women you know pe being validated in particularly in the media like yeah. I want to see a fucking a, a genuine love story with you know Sharon Streslicky as the main character mm. when we don't laugh at her for being a weirdo we don't laugh at her for being fat or having you know a bad haircut or acne we're invested in her as a human being mm. and we see somebody else investing in her as a human being and we kind of we buy into a, a romance you know but we're not going to see that are we no. because they just want hot people. But there's still people are still making things, and so hopefully they will. And speaking of Magda Sabansky, recently Magda Sabansky and Shane Jacobson, the guy who played Kenny, um, they did an ad campaign to promote the use of wearing face masks mm. in Australia. And they it was very positive, and you can see why the people who created this ad had chosen them, because they're two of Australia's most adored characters, mm. right? They... They are like lovable and they're not threatening and they are hilarious um, and everyone feels like they grew up with them. And so they thought they'd choose two really unthreatening characters to come out and say, hey guys, this is a public health uh, message, maybe just wear a mask, Sharon's doing it, Kenny's doing it, good on ya. And the people who were upset about wearing a mask came at this at these two actors with such a fierce aggression mm. and the main thing that they attacked was not their politics or was not their characters was their size it's just so shitty and it's such a base thing to do right it's like like just find something more creative at least yeah <laughs> this is boring it's a boring angle but it also shows just this, the level of vitriol that we still place on people who don't look the way that we expect them mm. to look. It's like, no, you don't belong in the public eye. Yeah, you don't. You don't have a place here. You're not hot yeah. enough. Especially if you to be to be a size that is not is that society seems as unacceptable or as like I don't know. You know the the, the adjectives that come with someone who is plus size. You know, a lazy or bludger or mm. greedy or all of these super negative things that are just like they just couldn't be more untrue as a general scope we these these stick with people and yeah. they would be really hurtful to hear and that's like I remember growing up in high school being terrified because when I was in high school I was a bit chubby I remember being terrified of the cool people calling me fat yeah and so you don't you don't stand up for yourself you don't say to the guy who's being a dick hey mate can you not stop being a dick or could you maybe get out of my way or could you like pull your pants up or something it is there why did the obvious pants off? it was very cool <laughs> How else is he going to get on the horse? He <laughs> <laughs> was a confused guy. No, it was, it was, it was, I grew up in the days, Claire. I'm much older than you. Six, six months older than you. Where very low trousers were cool. Oh, yes. Do oh, yeah. Do you remember them? Yeah. To be like talking to those kind of people and be like, please. But you can't. You, I couldn't say that because I was terrified that they would say, like, shut up, Bron, you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> that was oh. too scary. And that's still, like, I remember even now, now I'm, like, I don't feel that, that threat at all. I do know that if, uh, oh, actually, a kid called me fat not long ago. 
I was at, no. uh, yeah, I was at school. I was, I was teaching and I was walking through the Yazon Yaju. It's actually quite funny and, and I'm sorry if this is offensive to anyone, but it wasn't to me because it was aimed at me and I feel like I own this story, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> is I was walking through Yaju. They only taught the older kids and never taught, I didn't teach the younger ones at the end and so I didn't know any of them. And so I'd be walking through on Yaju, which was my least favorite part of the job because it was terrifying because you, you didn't know any of their names and they could say anything that they wanted to you and you just have to be like, please don't say that <laughs> and then just walk away because <laughs> what do you do? So I'd just be walking around hoping, hoping that no one would acknowledge me or talk to me. And this one boy was like whacking something with a stick and I said, can you please not do that? And I scurried away so quickly before he could tell me to get fucked. And I heard him say, I didn't know they hired fat cows to go yard duty. <laughs> oh my God. And I laughed and laughed and laughed for the rest, <laughs> for the rest of yard duty. I was like, wow, that was Sick actually. Sick burn. <laughs> but I do, but so I, I, I did think that I would, it would still hurt me if someone called me fat, but luckily it does not. But in high school, that would have been very It would have been deep. gushing. And I, so I've recently, like, and again, this, this may be a, a, I don't know, potentially toxic or triggering thing to talk about. So just flagging it. But, um, so I had a baby. How old is she? 12? Frida? Who fucking knows? (laughs) (laughs) You? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So Frida turns to, um, to... This month. This month. Really, really soon. Fucking idiot. (laughs) And, um, have a nice birthday party, loser. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And, um, and I have, like, finally, I shouldn't say finally, it's not like an expectation or something I have to achieve, but I've lost the baby weight this year. Mm. And I did it, you know, in a very deliberate way, in a really focused way. And I have had to reflect on myself and check myself a lot of times, particularly in the last few months, because for the first time I'm kind of attaching pride to my body and that's a really, I don't know, it's a really broken thing because it's that thing, we've talked about this in the podcast before, yeah. where you have your belief system and you have what you hold dear and then you don't reflect that in your behaviours, yeah. right? And so it's really disingenuous for me to be like, hey, on one hand, like I, you know, I, I advocate for and celebrate people's bodies irrespective of how they look. And on the other hand, not apply that same yeah. That but same I only thing to me. Celebrate my body when it looks like that. Exactly, exactly. And it's and you know, like I look and I have these moments where I look at photos of myself, like you know, at the beginning of the year, and I feel horrified. Mm, I and I'm like, I, yeah, and I look at it, I'm like, oh my god, like that. I look terrible, and mm. I didn't. I'm just bigger because mm. I'd had a baby it was seven years ago, yeah. and. <laughs> How old is she? Who cares? Um, who knows? <laughs> Where is she? Who knows? Um, but, but, I mean, it's that thing about applying your ideologies to yourself and to your own practice. It's so hard, it's though. It's so hard. Anyone who says, like, I love myself entirely. Like, even these the ladies who are on the Instagram on the Instagrams <laughs> saying yeah, I told you in my day they had um, like they you know they'll be in little bikinis and they'll be holding their bellies and they'll be like look I'm, I love myself entirely and completely and this is exactly who I am and da 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 but it's like what are you saying that to yeah, us for exactly. I I see and who is this for it. yeah 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 and it's that thing where anything you do on social media you do it because someone's watching right yeah. no one is posting anything just to satisfy themselves it's all about the adulation because we're all enormous narcissists and that's okay we're all open about it we're all on 
the platforms for the same fucking thing. But it's that, it's, I don't know, it's that idea that you're doing it in a way that's kind of, I don't, I don't know, selfless? Mm. That, that is like, I don't know. It's 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 you're asking. It's like mm. anytime you you post a photo of yourself, you're asking for validation, right? Yeah. Well, this is the same thing with Rebel. Like she lost she lost a number of kilos. I actually have no idea how many. Um, I'm sure the newspapers have covered that. But she lost weight and she did a, heaps of um, photo shoots. And then the, like the headline said, all of her celebrity friends are in like love her new figure or whatever it said. And this just tells her, like, you've done it. Like, you're yeah. actually succeeding here. But, Claire, did you, when you lost all this weight, what were the compliments? What were people oh, saying to you? Oh, God, everyone. It's like, you look great. You look amazing. You yeah. look so trim. And every time, every time it's like, yeah, you tell yeah. me that. And it felt yeah, good. It feels good. And it's that balance between, like, I know a big part of it is before I was eating really badly I was you know binging on you know and binging I was like mm. there's no there's no two ways about it I was binging on junk food I was eating my feelings I was just really really trying to feel an emotional hole with food and a lot of this process of kind of getting you know articulated as getting fit um has been about just respecting my body and being like this is what I need this will make this is what makes me feel good exercise makes you really feel feel really good I really love lifting weights it makes Mm. me feel really strong but that's one thing right that's one part of it that it does make me feel physically better I sleep better my anxiety is less blah 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 blah, blah. the other part of it is I look better Mm. and that's and that's I don't know you, yeah, you feel you look better, and yeah. honestly, like, like you look great. But you look great before. Yeah, like I can't like when you lose weight because your you your weight goes up and down, and I don't notice it just mm. because I've known you forever and I've watched your weight. You go don't up and give down. me any more eye contact. And I try to look away. <laughs> I try to look away from the light. It is yeah. So I don't I don't notice it so much, but I know that when you have lost weight, that people will say, "Wow, Claire, have you lost?" Have you lost weight? And your face will light up, which is a normal reaction. And it is really interesting that when people lose weight, I will do it as well. When when I've noticed someone lost weight, one of our dearest friends, um, and she listens to this this podcast, her name is Doris, and she is a fantastic woman, and she has just recently lost an enormous amount of weight, like 25 kilos or something, and she's not a tall woman. So she looks like she has like halved as a mm. per, like halved she's tiny now and she looks fit and she looks strong and all of her photos that she posts she is beaming like she looks so proud of herself and she looks fantastic not that she didn't look fantastic before but i will oft oh every single time she posts something i will comment like doris you look incredible yeah. oh my god you look fantastic because i know how much work has gone into her mm. getting to that point of confidence that she is at but i do wonder like and this is perhaps not even Doris's case, but I do wonder when we tell people, "You look amazing now." Oh my God, you've never looked better. Is the fear that that person would feel? Uh, what if I go yeah, back to that? And you and you're invalidating. It's kind of like you. What did you think before? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you think that I was a like pile of shit? It's just and and also the reality is, as you've noted, our our weight fluctuates mm. and. You might not have something might happen. You might have had the time or the kind of the mental and emotional energy to dedicate to maintenance, and so you will go up and down. And does that mean then you lose your value as a person yeah. when, when they, the compliments stop? Yeah, well, that's right. Because you like right now, especially because we hardly see anyone now. People will be like, "Oh, you look this. Oh, you look mm. that, or whatever." And then when, if you because now I'm sure I'm assuming that when you do see people, they say, "Wow, you look like you've lost weight. You look amazing." What happens when? 
um, or you know, not that I'm saying it will, but if you just like decide to not exercise too much, yeah. or you decide actually I really miss comfort eating, or I'm actually want to not care so much about this, yeah, and you put less pressure on losing weight and more like and more effort into just like being, or just existing. If you put on maybe five kilos, not saying that it will happen, but if you did, and some then sees you again, they're like, hi Claire, and they're saying nothing, and they say nothing. That is that message in itself, oh, that silence in itself. Straight to your gut. Like oh shit oh no. So what can we do? We can we can. There's, it's it's tricky, right? Because I am a living contradiction in yeah. everything I say right now, and that's true for everybody. We yeah. can have we we have ideas and we have principles, but then because we're socialized in the environments that we are, they often don't match our behaviors. But we can just not compliment people on their bodies and just be like, yeah. hey, you look really happy, kind today. <laughs> Happy, you look yeah, really confident. Yeah, and then it's like, and just I maybe, like that horse on you. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very sad. Though. Is that the 2020 horse? <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah, less about praising someone for losing weight, more about how that makes them, how they look like they're feeling. Yeah. Such if it's me, please praise me. I'm very, yeah, they're really very lonely. It. So we are, and I refuse to segue. It's not in my nature. <laughs> you sometimes feel really good at it. <laughs> But when you do a good one, you always you always say, how good was that segue? So it loses, <laughs> so, loses yeah, all of the coolness. You just got to clap yourself on the back sometimes. <laughs> clap yourself on the back. You are 100% <laughs> not from an English-speaking country. <laughs> What's the real saying? Pat yourself on the back. Oh. <laughs> physically it makes even less sense yeah because it's not a thing because <laughs> i'm an idiot <laughs> so we have a massive treat today which is super duper exciting so i posted on the instagram that um bron is just a phenomenal storyteller and she her favorite thing to do is win the moth she just does it constantly she's just so talented and last night she went on to the online version of the moth and clean the floor with everyone with her magnificent story and we're really lucky because she's going to tell it right now on the podcast today this second this moment <laughs> and um, the topic that we wanted to unpack is things that we're missing out on in lockdown and there's so much but we both wanted to talk to things that we have experienced losing so over to you Bronwyn Lewis oh I thank you so um I don't win them off every single time but I do like to go there and this one I did do I did happen to win so I don't want everyone to be like wow I've definitely been at the moth and Bron wasn't the winner yes I was <laughs> so the, they have a different theme every every single time and this theme from last night was called was silenced okay I did not expect to tell this story today. I planned to tell a silly one where I made fun of myself about being too nude at the doctor's one time, and we'd all laugh and forget about the strange situation we find ourselves in. This is the sixth story I've told at the moth, and the first time from my silent spare room. I miss the energy of Howler Bar, the smell of red wine, the flushed, happy faces of parents who've left their kids with a babysitter, or the familiar glow of friends that catch up for their ritual of soaking in other people's stories. The night is a cacophony of raw emotion and I sit here tonight in my silent spare room, really missing it. But this is not the silence I want to talk about. The story I will send through the internet to you 
is a story of a different level of disconnection, a different level of being silenced. Today, I went for a walk with my small kids to Merry Creek. We do this walk all the time. The kids climb the trees, they throw sticks in the water and they run through the grass like their lives depend on it, like kids do. It's a beautiful place with wonderful sounds. Our creek walks are treasured because they feel like a small break from the limitations of the lockdown that's placed on us. Today was different though, because time is a blur due to lockdown. I forgot that today was my uncle Lance's funeral. My stomach lurched with panic as I checked my watch, hoping I had enough time to get home to watch it in my silent spare room, all by myself without a bloody face mask on. But I didn't. I had 10 minutes to find a secluded spot along Mary Creek where I could watch my family say goodbye to an excellent man I didn't get to. And I saw on my phone screen from a camera at the back of a church, the service for one of Australia's most popular larrikins. And the church was almost empty. A handful of my aunties, uncles and cousins held on to each other and I watched the backs of their bodies wipe tears away from their faces and rub each other's shoulders. The eulogy from my auntie was just lovely. She painted a picture of him I knew so well. I laughed out loud at the story of him teaching his granddaughter how to brew beer and I bawled my eyes out when she explained that she would miss his stories the most. And through this roller coaster of emotions, I looked up and I remembered that I was not there with them. They couldn't hear my laughs or see my tears because I was silenced. Sheepishly wiping away my tears and readjusting my face mask, I noticed two women talking about me. I realised to them, it looked like I was watching a really sad episode of Grey's Anatomy instead of watching my <laughs> kids play. To them, it looked like I gave no shits about face masks when I kept pulling mine down to blow my nose. And I wanted desperately to explain to them what I was doing. But right now, how could I? So I didn't. We've never been more disconnected to our loved ones and our communities than right now. And the silence that this creates is deafening. We all feel silenced in some shape or form and this hurts. <laughs> Today, through a phone screen, I felt wounded. Before the pandemic, silence is something we really yearn for. We apologise for our kids being noisy on aeroplanes. We shushed our mums for telling embarrassing stories about us at parties. We've all rolled our eyes at the colleague who always overshares their marriage problems. But where did all this noise go? It has to have gone somewhere, right? For something that seemed like such a burden for so long, I really bloody miss it. No, I did not expect to tell this story today, but I'm glad I didn't let it go silent. To my uncle Lance, I love you, I miss you, and goodbye. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah. That was so beautiful. Was so yeah, sad. And of really course, you won. He's so good. Oh, it was really sad. I was, like, I was <sighs> genuinely going to tell a different, a silly story because I, I tend to lean on comedy, but it was a really sad day yesterday. And yeah. I didn't. He died about. He died like late last week, and it wasn't a shock. He was old, but he was my uncle. Like, I have mm. so many memories of him as a kid going to his house and he just was the smiliest, smiliest uncle. 
and he was just one of those uncles that just genuinely loved kids and kids can tell kids yeah. can tell when adults don't like them you know or find them annoying or whatever but he never did and he had heaps of grandkids and heaps of nieces and nephews and everyone just knew uncle lance was just this smiley teddy bear who brewed so much beer <laughs> and you know wore silly wore silly outfits at christmas and and he ha he was also the generation of my nan, someone who I miss every single day. And he was really good friends with my nan. And so when I when I yesterday saying goodbye to him in the middle of Merry Creek, I realised that I was losing actually so much. Mm. And this experience of saying goodbye to no one, <laughs> where no one around me was ex of feeling the same thing was really mm. isolating and I I didn't expect the extreme reaction that I had um, and when I say extreme I the sobbing I didn't expect to feel so sad so sad because it like I said it wasn't unexpected but this is this is what we're living in right now we don't we we have to say goodbye to so many things or and it doesn't necessarily have to be a person but we have to miss out on something that we never thought we'd miss out on, like a funeral mm. or an experience or a shared time with someone or developing a friendship or anything. And we have to just let it go. And that is a hard pill to swallow. Doing things alone is just really, really hard. And the thing about grieving and funerals the, the thing that helps people heal is doing it next to someone you love, right? And just sharing sharing that pain and that sorrow in a family, in a community is part of the way that you move through that grief and to have that taken away and just be as alone as you were to navigate that. Like, that's really fucking hard, mate. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I wasn't so... I know now I was a bit more worried about my mum. So Uncle Lance was mum's favourite uncle, uh, she named my little brother's middle name uh, is uh, after him, and he um, she just she loved him so so much, and it would never ever ever have occurred to her that she would miss out on saying goodbye to him with all mm. of her cousins and being there for that service. And yesterday, I saw a photo of my mum who's in Canberra watching the funeral on a laptop, and she could not have sat closer to the screen. Mm. It just the like the actual physical. Uh, reaction that she had of like almost jumping into a laptop to be there it was actually really sad to see and afterwards my sister was telling me that mum was quite cranky like of just over little things but it makes sense like of how do you, you feel this year feels you just feel betrayed yeah. so often so many things have let us down what do you feel like you've missed out on so as our listeners know this year um I separated from my ex and you know I've I I think I think as, as we've discussed it had been over for a long time and it was just taking the plunge and lockdown pushed us over in that I think it made me realize just how much I was missing out on in that relationship and that's that's something that we've talked about openly and we've navigated together in a really kind of honest way but when it was happening when 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 it was all falling apart 
was um, during the first lockdown, which feels like such a long time ago now, mm. doesn't it? It was like the end of summer and yeah. it was such a long time ago. And it was a time when, you know, one of the biggest decisions of my life where I was, I had the status quo, right? I had a partner and a, and a marriage and, and children and it's everything that we're supposed to aspire to. And I was deeply unhappy and I needed the support of people to make sure that I was making the right choice, right? Like that kind of community of particularly my female friends being like, okay, well, have you thought about this? And what do you actually want? And what will you do? And like, like waiting through the practical things, like what do your finances look like if you're mm. on your own? And what does your future look like? And what happens to the kids? And navigating that on my own was so isolating. And I, questioned again and again and again and really didn't stop until well after he'd left if I'd made the right call because I just didn't have the echo chamber that I needed to test it and then when he did left when he did left <laughs> and it was right <laughs> when he did left um I was again I was alone and it was the time I think you know again one of the biggest life decisions that you can make where normally you just surround yourselves with people, yeah. right? Like you, I'd have if if it was the normal world, I would have my girlfriends over yeah. all the time. Yeah, like that would be how I coped. But it was okay when the girls were there because I was frantic and busy and trying to hold down a job and parent. But then when they were with him, like I remember the first weekend so vividly. Um, I was quite tired, so I went to bed really early the night before, and I got up in the morning. And I'd had like visions. I was like, oh, I'm going to go for a long run. And I'm going to like, you know, just, just do, do all these things with all this time, this abundance of time that I suddenly have. And I got up and I walked out into the kitchen and I just burst into tears because the house was so empty. And I just, I poured myself a glass of wine and I yeah, no. put on the telly and I just ate and drank and ate and drank and cried the entire day. I did not stop crying. And it was like, that howl crying, you know, and it oh. was, you know, when you're just like making noises with your mouth, you're like, where did that come from? Is yeah. that a cow? Is that a horse Exactly. Why is she doing yard duty? <laughs> Ribbon, is that you? And it wasn't, it, it's, it's weird to kind of look back on and unpack because it wasn't necessarily Wally that I missed because no, it was the idea of being married yeah. and the idea of having that connection and those people around me as kind of the core of my life and that being gone. And to navigate that, I needed other people. Yeah. And I, I Distractions, yeah, right? Exactly. Someone to like be like, hey, let's watch this shitty movie or hey, let's like have a cup of tea instead of that seventh glass of Merlot, you fucking broken bitch. Exactly. But yeah, and I don't... <laughs> I don't know what it did to that grieving process. I don't know whether it helped to just have to fucking nut it out by myself and or whether, you know, I'm going to have some kind of deep, horrible thing where I, like, break down in five years and, like, well, take off my clothes that. and roll down Ligon Street. <laughs> Whee! But, um, yeah, that, that, that I, mi I missed out on having support during, like probably one of the hardest things I've yeah. ever done. And now Wally and I are both dating, which is hilariously weird. We've like been on the apps, met new people, whatever. Are you and both ready? Yes, yeah, so ready. We've been ready for fucking ages. We were ready like three years ago. <laughs> Happy birthday, Frida. <laughs> but, um, but 
that's that's something I'm missing out on now is that oh god um and I, I think I've I don't know I think I've met someone really lovely and really exciting and all I want to do is introduce that person to my friends yeah. and because how else will you know you like him <laughs> I need to I need to meet this person <laughs> well I'm yeah and and it's that thing of that insecurity of an early relationship and just the, oh, I don't even know if it is really, who knows what we're gonna, I don't know what I'm going to call it. See this, you can hear the anxiety in my voice, right? Like it's yeah. just that, that, that thing where it's really early on and no one really knows what's happening and, and it's all awkward and weird and uncomfortable. And I don't have that parameter of being like, Hey Bron, can we please go to the pub with him? And can you tell me what the fuck is happening? Cause yeah. I'm really nervous and I'm, I've got that horrible, terror which is really heightened when you're 33 and you have two children of like being hyper aware that I could get my heart just obliterated and being like oh god if I do which is you know a possibility like I have to do that alone too oh my god I have to do that alone too exactly and that I don't know that makes me sick because it just it's too it's just too much it's too much grief by myself for one year Yeah, and look, I rem- when everyone starts a new relationship, they want... I don't know if it's that yet. <laughs> well, when everyone starts a new friendship, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I don't care. I've been in, I've been in a relationship for 200 years. I don't know what anything is anymore. You forget what this feels like. I don't know what you oh, kids are doing. Oh, God. But, it just, but, I, but I remember starting a new anything and being like, can't wait to see what my friends Exactly. And you just had that silly thing where like I just want to talk about it all the time. Yeah. Like, and I just want to be like and this, then this thing happened and then this thing the, he did this thing and it's really cute and they're like what do you think about this thing and mm. I don't get to do that and it's like way more kind of silly and pithy than you know the breakdown of a marriage or you know like having to say goodbye to somebody without a family around but it just feels like a, yet another experience sure. another another thing that you know that that is missing another thing that would be different if this was not happening exactly. and also another thing that is confusing because so this is confusing Thing. I yeah I reckon this would be it would be it would be hard you just need to know what, and I, when you start seeing someone or whatever you want to call it I can see you very uncomfortable I and don't I cannot, know what, I cannot figure out what <laughs> you're how you're in a phrase oh, I don't when know you either. start being friends with someone um very nice sexy friends <laughs> when you start being sexy friends ew I feel so sick is um <laughs> Is you like you want to know what you're like with them? Exactly. What if I'm just a massive dick bag and, and like you're like you would me. you? But the thing is, you'd be like, "Hey Claire, like that thing that you're doing, stop, stop it." it. <laughs> like, Why have you got an Italian accent, <laughs> Claire? Why is he calling you Stephanie? Why are you naked? <laughs> this is not you. Whose horse is that? <laughs> So many hard things, so many lovely things. And I think that they, this, when we realise it, it really catches us off guard. Yeah. Like you, the the separation with Wally, and you would have been like, okay, this is this is happening. You both made that decision, and when it happened, I don't think that you're prepared for what it would be like by yourself. Oh no way! And when you start a sexy friendship, <laughs> God, so I'm almost dying. I'm so embarrassed. I just, I feel like I want to just fall through the floor. <laughs> Finally. This is the first time I've ever felt embarrassed on the podcast. Oh, really? Ever. There's heaps of times you should have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's just there's nothing more vulnerable than 
I'm not gonna say friend. the thing that I'm gonna. Oh, good. No. All right, exactly. I'll keep talking. Good. Don't talk anymore. You're no, I can't do it. More embarrassed. It's terrible. So when you so when you get a, a sexy friend, you didn't expect like you just like oh great a sexy friend amazing great and then you think this is normal and then you don't realize in this in this climate that you're like <laughs> holy shit I really depended on my friends in these yeah, times yeah uh, just to, for any little thing and like. But I think we all could reflect on something that this time has, uh, that lockdown has shown us about ourselves or made us realize we're missing out on. Mm. Um, and I think we all are allowed to feel really disappointed, even though people like to be like, well, at least you don't have COVID. I hate oh, dicks I like hate that. that. It's like, that. I know. Stop it's invalidating me. Yeah, I just, I feel Maybe I do, I might be asymptomatic. You don't fucking know, Kevin. Fuck. <laughs> Kiss me. <laughs> I think everyone needs to have this reflection. It's really, it's really, really popular to be um, everyone trying to find um, the silver lining, and I have tried desperately to do mm. that for. Uh, and I found I haven't necessarily found that difficult for a really long time, but I think right now, at this deep in the game, I do feel a little bit like that silver lining is. I understand it. we understand this is why this is happening blah 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 but it is it is <laughs> it is just like I think we need to just recognize the things we've missed out on and the things that um, wish we didn't and even though we can't change it I think it's really important to, to just acknowledge it yeah right? and also acknowledge that there's I don't know it is I think one quality we give ourselves and each other is that oh you can make up for it like we can never make up for, like, you know, not being able to say goodbye to your uncle mm. or, you know, having a marriage breakdown by yourself or, you, you know. could remarry Wally and then <laughs> I could do it again. again. <laughs> Let's cool, do it again. That's a cool idea. Just re-traumatize exactly, kids. Exactly. <laughs> Stevie, we're getting that together. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's moving out again. We can't call this back, right? Like no. And we make jokes about this here being a write-off, but so much has happened that is deeply significant and will shape our relationships and our relationship with ourselves and our future forever. Like mm. we can't just we can't just delete it. It's not a lost year. No. And and I don't yeah I don't know how we can mitigate all of these things that we've missed out on. Well, we can, but we can we can validate them. We can validate. I validate you, Bronwyn. I am trying my hardest to validate you, Claire. <laughs> but it's very hard. But thank you, in all seriousness. Thank you for sharing that story. It was really beautiful and powerful, and you're very, very talented. You're all very here. <laughs> so, good cheers. Thank you very much for listening. We um, want you to, the two things to take away, one, validate your feelings. You are okay. It is okay to feel disappointed. And two, when you see someone who looks like they are confident, you just mention their confidence or you just mention how they, that they look happy. Yes. Because being skinny is maybe not what they were after. No. We just all just need a friend right now. Or a horse. Or a sexy friend. Or a ribbon. <laughs> Alright. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.